You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. The one thing you learn is that you need this kind of never give up. That doesn't mean you're not going to fail, but most entrepreneurs I know are motivated more by the fear of failing than they are of success. So if you're afraid of failing, you look at things differently than if it's like, oh, I got a lot of money and it's going to do this thing and uh, do it this way. I think the most successful people I know came from that, come with that personality trait. The other thing is, is don't, don't get, don't let people tell you no, because there were a number of people telling us that starting a shoe company when the only shoe companies in the world at the time were Nike and Brooks and Asics and New Balance. You can never do it. And we proved them wrong. And other companies have since followed that lead. That was Jerry Lee. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative, movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome and welcome back, movers and shakers, Marnie on the Move listeners. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. How's everyone doing? Enjoying these warmer temps, my East Coasters? I am so ready for spring. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot wait. I can't believe it's been a full year since everything shut down and COVID quarantine began. It has definitely been challenging, sad, terrifying, stressful, all of those things. But the only way to be resilient is to find the silver linings. It was the first time I recorded this podcast via phone, and it sucked. But hey, on the bright side, I am now posting, as you may have noticed, two to three guest episodes a week. Plus, I launched a new Marnie on the Move YouTube channel, which will be linked in the show notes. I have a bi-weekly, eventually weekly newsletter. And this summer, we are launching a very cool team MOTM virtual Olympic distance triathlon challenge, which if you are nearby, I will be doing mine in Sag Harbor, East Hampton and Montauk and love socially distanced masks company. And we may open it up to runners and cyclists that just do one leg of this triathlon, but that's a separate episode. Speaking of running, today's guest, Jerry Lee, is the co-founder of the game-changing running company and sneakers, Newton. Before we get started, shout out to my sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra-personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. 
They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. Use our code for 20% off. Thank you, MOTM. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. Now, back to our guest. Jerry Lee became a pioneer of the running shoe world in 2007 when he co-founded Newton Running. Known for their colorful designs and revolutionary technology, Newton paved the way for boutique running shoe companies to compete with big name brands on both the professional and recreational running scenes. During our conversation, Jerry shares where his journey into running began, his pivotal move to Boulder, Colorado, and the inspiration behind Newton Running. He talks about how his passion for running sparked the idea to create this super innovative shoe that mimicked the sensation of barefoot running, and thus Newton Running was born. We talk about the evolution of the Newton brand from promoting it at Ironman Expos to becoming a well-rounded, highly marketable shoe for all runners. Jerry also shares his commitment to sustainability and Newton's proud label as a certified B corporation. In this episode, you will hear advice on how to buy the right running shoe for you, tips for new runners, and the value of an entrepreneurial mindset and finding your passion. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. Scroll through the episodes, click on five stars, click on leave a review and tell us what you love. Share it with your friends on social and of course, sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter, The Download. Okay, let's hit the road with Jerry. You launched Newton back in 2007. What was the running footwear landscape like at the time and what inspired you to launch this super cool kind of shoe? Well, the landscape in 2007, there was really only the major brands, the Nikes, the Brooks, the New Balance. Um, and so there was really no small r- running companies. And all, also at that time, uh, shoes had evolved to where there was a, a large offset between the heel and the forefoot. So you were running in shoes that were kind of similar to... Uh, a miniature high heel because your heel was anywhere between 12 and 16 millimeters above your forefoot. So you had this ramp that pushed kind of your foot forward and your heel high. And so when we launched the company, the, the idea was to, to uh, create something, <clears throat> a shoe that would work uh, more similar to barefoot running where your low, your profile of your heel to your forefoot was anywhere between, in our case, two to three millimeters. And so we're bringing you much more flatter and then lightweight to uh, to take, uh, to provide you more response in the shoe itself. And then the next thing was the world everybody was running in was mostly just as you described earlier here, and that is it's concrete, it's asphalt, it's cobblestones. And so the best way for anybody ever to run, and I don't think anybody will ever deny this, is is to run barefoot. Right. But 
you, you can only do that if you're on the beach or you have a special trail on which you can run because our world is asphalt, concrete, broken glass, rocks. So, so that was a whole idea as to how to allow you to strike the ground and minimize the strike of, of, of doing so on concrete versus sand or dirt. And that's where our technology came in and we focused on the forefoot. Were you a runner? Like where did running begin for you? Yes, I've been a runner for uh, several years at that point in time. I, I moved to Colorado and uh, was a smoker back in 79. My eyebrows uh, just went up. (laughs) And so, but living in Boulder, Colorado, you look around and no one smokes. It's just, it's just a healthy place to live. So, and my kids started nagging me, say, dad, you got to stop. So I stopped. And then I thought, and then we have this big race in town called the Boulder Boulder. And I thought, well, maybe I'd like to run that because everyone else was running it. So I just started, you know, running and walking as as I evolved into running. And and by the time I started Newton, I had done uh, like 15 marathons and multiple half marathons and so forth. So I became kind of in, addicted to that type of exercise. So with that, that background, when the opportunity came to work with a couple of guys on getting a new running shoe, I jumped in 100%. What were you doing for work before you your entrepreneurial endeavor with Newton? Uh, a real estate developer. So you just completely switched gears based on loving running. Yeah, exactly. It took us, you know, my first my first involvement in uh, in Newton came in around uh, it was around eight, 1982. So it was you can see almost 15 years before we really came to market. So during that time, I was continuing to be a real estate developer. But what kind of collided in 2007 was the fact that we had developed a shoe that we were extremely uh, confident in would would make the difference for runners. And also the economy went in the tank. So we put our real estate development work on the sidelines because we just the, the economy wasn't there. And so with nothing else to do and the shoe being here, it it opened up to being able to launch Newton in 2007. When you launched Newton, you really had one style. The brand over the past 13 years has expanded and evolved. Talk to me about your first shoe and maybe how you've kind of expanded and evolved over the years. Yeah, that uh, it was really limited to, uh, we, we call it two SKUs because we, we had what we called a gravity and then a distance model and the distance being a little lighter, but the technology was the same. So basically you can say it was based on one shoe. And, uh, but at the time uh, with all the major guys out there, there's no way we could walk into a specialty running store and say, here's this brand new shoe that uh, this we've brought to the market. It's bright colors and it's on the expensive side compared to what you have. So our only choice to do anything was to put them in in our car and drive to Ironman Expos and sell them. I think that's where I actually discovered Newton at an Ironman Expo or Triathlon Expo here in New York. Yeah, that uh, and so that's how we did it. And uh, we were fortunate. One of the early people that was involved in the Newton technology was 
Paula Newby Frazier, uh, who as a triathlete, you know, is the queen of Kona. Yes. And so she brought a lot of credibility to us when we were trying to, to sell our shoe in the early days and so forth. So, uh, so the early days, it was the 2007 wasn't a lot of shoes, but it was more just kind of going out to, uh, you know, showing our wares. And the other real lining of the stars was uh, in my real estate holdings here in Boulder. One of the tenants was a guy by the name of Graham Frazier. Uh-huh. Graham owned the rights to Iron Band. And so, uh, and everybody had all the shoe companies that left Iron Man because it's really, it, it's a small group of people right. compared to the running world and so forth. So they had all left. There was no shoe sponsors. There was nobody in there. So went to Graham and said, Hey, you know, what about allowing us to be the official shoe of Iron Man? And he said, yes, because he had no, no other, no other people looking, but right. also because he's a nice guy and we knew him and so forth. So, so that's really how we launched the company with basically, like you say, the one shoe design. What happened over the time is that we understand that, you know, there are so many different runners, so many different styles, so many different reasons to run that not everybody wanted, in our case when we launched, was a performance shoe. So we started involving into a shoe that's more for those who or recreational runners run for fitness, uh, for people that want to run on trails and so forth. So that's what expanded our, our line of the models. Yeah. Because I remember, like I said, when I first discovered Newton's, which was probably in 2008 or at your, whenever you were here in New York doing an expo, I tried on the shoes and they really, you know, I don't. I was also a new runner and new to triathlon in that time frame, and I was just testing out different footwear. And the shoe did not necessarily work for me, but I've always been a heel striker, so I understood that shifting my gait and landing on a different part of my foot would be advantageous for my running and for just generally health of my muscles and my bones and my body moving forward. But I just didn't know how to do it, so. I was really excited to see, obviously, over the past few years that there's just so many different styles. And now you really do have shoes for for any kind of runner, which is what you just said. I'm enjoying the shoes. I love that they're super light. You know, over the past year, since I haven't been doing any distance, and I was explaining earlier that, you know, I had to kind of shift gears and twisted one of my ankles and all kinds of fun things happened in the last year that put my running goals on hold. And I just started focusing on my form and testing out new shoes and trying to kind of workshop this as opposed to doing distance. So they've been super helpful. I am really enjoying running in the shoes and they're so light. It's, it's like a whole different kind of running. So how have you seen the world of running grow over the years as well? It's growing obviously in uh, brands because like I say, when we started 2007, it was just, it was just us and the big guys. Yeah. And and I, I think we did inspire some people to say, hey, you know, there is a way to tackle this monster market that's dominated by these uh, large companies. And not that I'm saying we have anything to do with those other companies. But, you know, today you see companies uh, like Hoka and On and 
other companies that have done very well in the market yeah. uh, as they try to look at different segments of the market and so forth. So, uh, but as, as we look, as we, what's happened in our vision of, of the running world is one is that it's becoming when 2007, it was really mostly people that really that had a motivation of, of, uh, of wanting to kind of compete a little bit. Right. I mean, not necessarily win, but go to uh, a 10K and run your PR and so forth. Today, the the spectrum is so large. There's so many people now. I think it's 80% of the runners today, I think, the latest, latest survey I saw, run for, for fitness, for yes. uh, mental health and so forth. So they're no longer worried, uh, concerned about running fast. What they are concerned about is being able to run. Right. And and so and also the evolution of women running. Uh, there's more women running today. I think that there's something like 60 percent of the, the of the races are female today versus when we were running. It was more like 70 percent men. So uh, the females have come into running as a way to exercise and mentally and physically. And so that's that's been a big evolution as well. Yeah, I've seen the industry grow here just alone in New York City, here in New York City, because a few years ago I worked with a studio called Mile High Run Club, and they were the first group fitness running studio where I know that you're, I'm sure you're familiar with Mile High Run Club, but they had, you know, woodway treadmills and it was group fitness, but it was running. And it was it was such a cool concept and very new to the fitness scene. But I think since then, the running world, at least from what I can see and what I've learned from talking to different founders and CEOs, has grown tremendously in the world of fitness and not just for the sport of running. It's really cool. Absolutely. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about barefoot running because I know that's the concept behind Newton and it was originally, you know, why you designed your shoes was to mimic and recreate this experience. But why is barefoot running good for you? Why is it better than, say, running in a shoe? And like, where did this concept come from? Well, the, the concept, you know, had been around for a while, but uh, it hadn't really evolved. But it was always clear and still is today that really the best runners in the world are from Africa and Asia in Mexico. And it's because, at least in my opinion, and I think shared by many, but my opinion is that it's because they grow up without shoes or they grow up, grow up with just sandals that are very thin and so forth. We have a race here in Colorado called the Leadville 100. Yes, I know Leadville, yeah. For several years, the Mayan Indians from Mexico would come up here and they would run and win and they would run and really they would just take tires, cut them up in the shape of their foot, tie them on, and they run on tires that have been thrown away, um, car tires. And of course, there's no drop there. They're flat. There's really no major cushioning involved in it. And so it became apparent that really the best runners start out without shoes. All the rest of us start with shoes immediately. And so, so we get used to 
her heels and so forth. And so, so if you think about when you run, if you've gone out and run on the beach or run on a dirt trail, you don't heel strike. What you do, it, your mind won't let you. It's kind of like being, say you're on a step and you jump off. It's not going to let you land on your heel. It's going to, your body's automatically going to go to the forefoot. And it's going to go to the forefoot because what happens is your knees bend a little bit. And therefore, you have this shock absorber of the muscles. And there's no stress on the knees. And one of the things that evolves with heel striking, and it's not all heel striking because some heel striking, some people run heel striking and really don't ever have many problems. It's, it's the overstriding to where you get the heel out in front to the point where you kind of lock your knees. And then when you hit, then the, that jolt goes through not just the muscles, but the joints, the joint there in your leg and so forth. So, uh, you know, the concept had been around a long time. Uh, and the two people that I uh, started the company with were Danny Abshire and Brian Russell. And they both believed that that you could run faster, better, longer. And when we say longer in Newton, we mean you can run longer distance, but you can run longer in life. And as a runner, the one thing you don't ever want to give up is running. You don't want to have to put the... So from that evolved the idea of a lower heel to forefoot offset and to having cushioning in the forefoot where you're running on asphalt and concrete. Uh, and this is where our plate comes in as well. So it was a combination of all those. And uh, like I say, it took many years for us to kind of figure it out. The first evolution of the Newton shoe had a big spring in the in the heel. Right. And eventually we went away from that and evolved into the shoe that we launched in 2007. Right. And so you've been using plates and patented lugs in the design of your shoes since your first shoe, but it's evolved. That's correct. That's correct. I noticed there are different levels of these lugs. Some of them are smaller, some of them are bigger. So how does that shift the shoe, so to speak? Yeah, our technology uh, is based on a membrane system. So we start with the lugs or the cleat, whatever, on the that, that will touch the ground. And they sit on a membrane that's similar to like a membrane uh, that you would use on a trampoline. It's it's much stiffer than that, but it's a it's a membrane system, and above that membrane is an empty cavity, and okay. on top of that empty cavity is our plate. So, what we do with our technology is when you strike the ground with the lugs, it goes into the membrane. The membrane goes into the empty cavity that absorbs the uh, the shock of the ground. And then the plates up above, what that does is the original tint of the plate was to give your foot the sensation as if you were barefoot. Because when you're running barefoot, and you can run barefoot on concrete, but you're going to feel really firmness there. And what that does is sends a message to your brain saying, okay, I'm feeling something firm. I need now to level my heel and and then lever off. So... With those combinations of the items that I spoke about, they're tunable. The lugs can be shorter, wider, softer, harder. The membrane can be softer, harder, 
the, the cavity can be shorter, deeper, and then the plate can be anywhere from just over the forefoot extending all the way back to to the heel. Okay. So all that can be changed, interchanged, and so forth. And as we evolve shoes, what we did is we changed those parts to whether it's performance oriented, whether it's for trail, whether it's for the, the casual fitness runner and what they're looking for, whether it's more cushion or more, uh, you know, performance. So that's what's, that's what we do is we tune our technology. You know, my physical therapist, Pallavi Shah from Orthology recommended I start running in Newton's months ago. She's a huge fan. Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot of physical therapists that are big fans of Newton because of the shoe and the design and the we concept. Do. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But she she really is like such a huge fan. And she has been telling me every time I see her. So I finally, you know, got the shoes. And, you know, she really wants me to kind of move my shift, my my running, like shift from heel striker to midfoot or at least as much as I can. Right. So I, you know, I got the shoes and I was wondering, you know, for someone like me who, even though I have my physical therapist giving me advice, which is terrific, but maybe somebody doesn't. So how do they know which Newtons to get into to start the shift from say another kind of shoe or from another kind of landing pattern that you have when you're running? Like, is there, you know, approach that you would advise people to kind of shop and get the shoes? First of all, we have a great customer service department that people want to buy their shoes on, on our website. They can call our shoe department, our customer service, or email them, and we can walk them through. Or if you're going to a specialty run store that sells them, uh, you know, the people on the store can help you. But what we recommend if somebody calls is that uh, we, we go through the type of running you do and the injuries you may have had over time and what your goals are and so forth. There are people that can move right into our performance line. They are very efficient runners, uh, and so they can go right there. But most people that are coming from a different model, usually that means they're coming from a heel to toe drop mm -hmm. that's much higher. Yeah. Uh, so we would recommend them into our what we call our fate kismet models. Right. Uh, fate being neutral, kismet being stability. And it's a, it's a higher uh, drop as well as the membrane is softer and the plate is longer. So uh, it gives people more, uh, a, a more feel, of, less feel of the, of the lugs underneath your forefoot. Cause some people, when they first step into it and they go, Oh, I feel that underneath my, forefoot that you know i think that'll bother me yeah the problem is that when you when you run you don't feel them but when just standing there you do but but so we would recommend people looking for that first time into newton unless they're a very efficient runner already to go with our fake kismet models and we have another we have more models coming out in the future but that's the one we would start with and we would always say in our mind you should really take a little bit of time to adapt into the Newton, mostly because of that heel drop. Right. Because if you think, if you think about coming from a, a, a heel drop of seven, eight, nine per, uh, millimeters to one that's four, what happens is when you come down and your heel always ends up on the ground, uh, 
when you're there, you're stretching your Achilles and your muscles about three or four millimeters more. And that doesn't sound like much, but if you're running uh, a five mile and you're at a certain cadence, your foot's probably going to strike about 4,000 times. Right. So what happens is you stretch those muscles a little bit. So what we suggest is buy our shoes, run in it for a short distance, and then like alternate back it. and yeah. yeah, ease into it. Not everybody has to do that, but it's for many people, it's been a good way because the last thing you want to do is, is to get injured or sore and say, oh, this shoe is crazy. I don't want yeah. to do it. It's it's like most anything, you know, on a golf course, you're not going to be great at the first time somebody tells you to do something. Right. You right. need a little repetition and so forth. So. And so alternate them with the shoe that you're running with as well. So you kind of break your foot into, not break your foot, but ease your foot into. Exactly. exactly. Okay, cool. That's very cool. Newton is also one of the first athletic footwear companies to be B Corp certified. I'm, has sustainability always been a big part of your brand's mission? Yes, it has been. As a real estate developer, I started evolving into sustainability in the buildings that that I built, there's a certification called leads in the in the real estate world. And so I started doing leads buildings back in 2003, the buildings I built. And so when I launched Newton, there was basically a few pillars on which the company was founded on. One was that we we need to do good because I didn't need to start a, a shoe company. I was doing well enough in the real estate. I did not need this to be part of my life to, uh, to be consider myself successful. The other thing is that we have to be sustainable, start building a most sustainable shoe out there. And uh, third is obviously make money. And fourth is to, to help people run faster, longer, if that's their desire. But going back to sustainability, it's been a major part of the focus that we've been working on. It's taken a lot of time, but we're launching in 2021 our most sustainable shoe ever. We're all our uppers on our gravity motion distance are made of recycled bottles. It's equal to about three bottles or four bottles per pair of shoes that we're, we're pulling out of the dump and turning them into the upper our shoes. We're uh, adding a, uh, an additive called EcoPure into our EVA and rubbers uh, and so forth. And what the EcoPure does being added to all the materials in the Newton shoe is there is a finite life of every shoe. And when that, when that life is done, it ends up in a landfill and something like that. And that takes around 35 to 40 years to completely uh, biodegrade. By using the EcoPure, it accelerates that down to being biodegradable in less than 10 years. So we're using uh, recycled uh, plastics and we're adding, doing an additive that's going to get it out of the ecosystem. And what it now uh, biodegrades into is uh, it provides a kind of an off gas that, that uh, landfills are now capturing and selling is energy. So to us, it's really, there's this cycle. Right. And and we want to be a major part of that. That's just our first step 
we have more steps coming in that regard. Yeah, that's amazing. That's super incredible. And you also do a lot of work with non for profit organizations. Can you tell me a little bit about some of these initiatives? Yes, we. Uh, that's really a basic core of Newton. For example, one that uh, we just finished up with is is with an organization called TAPS. It's Tragic Assistance Program Support. Uh, this is for military families who have lost loved ones, and they're based in Washington D.C. We raised, we built a, a special shoe for them. We raised over one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for them uh, on our selling our special shoe. We work with a uh, nonprofit based in uh, New York City called Trickle Up, where we uh, provided uh, money, good deal of money, to that goes down into areas, particularly in our case, Guatemala, where we work with people they have down there, and they work with villages where they take a group of women in the village and they teach them how to run a business and make their own money, so they're not dependent on solely upon their husband, and they can bring resources to their family and they basically this is the type of people you hear about work living on a dollar a day this is what they do okay and we pick guatemala because my son-in-law is from guatemala and my granddaughter obviously is part guatemala and part u.s so that one has touched our uh, our world and then we've given about uh, over almost twenty thousand pairs of shoes over these years to either souls for souls or One World Running, where they take these shoes and go into areas where they need running shoes. And then this past year, we gave away uh, close to a thousand pairs of shoes to healthcare workers uh, who was working, dealing with COVID and so forth. And then we do Meals on Wheels every week uh, where we deliver meals to um, to those who are shut in. And then uh, we work with the USAT Foundation where we sponsor different varieties of teams and et cetera. That's just a few of of what we've done and what we will continue to do. Yeah. I mean, it feels so great to run in a shoe that has so much, uh, such a great mission-driven brand behind it. I'm proud to run in these shoes. I just saw on Instagram that you announced all of your ambassadors for 2021. That's exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, we're, uh, we're real excited to be associated with USAT. We started in triath- Ironman triathlon, as, as, you, uh, as you know. Yes. Uh, and then uh, to evolve into the, the official shoe for USAT and and being able to sponsor the foundation team, the good work that uh, the foundation the foundation the foundation team does. Don't worry, unfortunately, I edit this. With, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, uh, no races this past year, so it was kind of sad. But but you know they go to where there is a race, they'll go and do charity work in that organ in that town and so forth so uh, yeah because you know triathlon is really kind of a little bit of a burden on communities yes because uh it is it's not like a road race that you're just it's a road race plus a bike race plus a, a swim right. so we're impacting a lot of the community so it's so important to get back to the communities when uh, when we do triathlon. As a founder of a successful brand in the sneaker footwear industry, in this world of corporate and publicly traded like behemoth companies, what are some entrepreneurial tips and advice that you might have for my listeners? You know, in the real estate world in Boulder, uh, we have a tremendous amount of entrepreneurs. And so a lot of the tenants 
in the projects that I built and leased uh, were part of, you run into a lot of these people. And the one thing you you learn is that you need this kind of never give up. That doesn't mean you're not going to fail, but most entrepreneurs I know are motivated more by the fear of failing than they are of success. So if you're afraid of failing, you look at things differently than if it's like, oh, I got a lot of money and it's going to be this thing and, and uh, do it this way. I think the most successful people I know came from that, come with that personality trait. The other thing is, is don't, don't get, don't let people tell you no, because there were a number of people telling us that starting a shoe company when the only shoe companies in the world at the time were Nike and Brooks and Asics and New Balance, you can never do it. Uh, and we proved them wrong. And other companies have since followed that lead. So you have to be inspired. You got to want to do it. You, you got to be able to say, I'm going to work 12, 14 hours a day and I'm not going to, I'm going to use the, all the best information I could get, talk to as many people as I can, filter through that and figure out what really is applicable to what you're doing and then take all the negative ones and say, okay, you're setting aside, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Does everything work? No. But a lot of everything we in this world we live in today, almost everything we're dealing with in social media and all that stuff started with a person and not in a company. Right. So, so true. That's really great yeah. advice. I'm surprised that in the cycling footwear industry that there's not more. I, I was actually thinking about this this morning because one of my biggest frustrations is cycling and having like pink shoes and not like cool design shoes and all the brands design cool shoes for men, but not for women. And I just keep thinking like, is there some crazy barrier to entry that like no one has designed a footwear line for women that is like really cool and next level? I mean, and our feet are different than men's feet. So even if I were to get the 38 men's specialized shoe or the CD shoe, which is my favorite brand, it's not going to fit me, right? Like it might, but you know. Yeah, that's really important because that's one of the focuses we did with our, our ladies line in 2021. It is, we've changed the, the fit and the, the shoes so that you could still wear a men's eight and a half if you're a ladies 10. Right. But if you go to the ladies 10 in our styles, it has a little narrower heel. It has a lower notch at the ankle it's a little wider in the forefoot so so it has been pink and shrink yeah is what uh, it's been done and i see the growth in running shoes to be in the world of ladies and i think they are more open-minded mm-hmm. and so forth and Women so they buy more often to, yeah, yeah yeah and so how it translates to the fashion world, you would think it'd be the same thing, but but somebody needs to uh, to focus because that is a much larger consumer base than at least in the athletic world we were dealing with back in 2007. You mean in yeah. the cycling shoes? Yeah. Or in, yeah. 
in in general in general uh, in yeah. running in running crossfit uh cycle shoes it's all more and more of the the market is going to to the female side yeah i think so i think i'm seeing that even even when I'm out on my bike, like up on 9W, like there's more and more women cycling. But I mean, this is just like running is always the the starting point, I think, in, in sports. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but it's it's something that's easier to get into. And like you said, Sarah, but more and more women are, are getting into running. And it's it, not just about running. It's about fitness. So it's like when, you know, you start to see the, the trends in sports. As a runner, you have do you have any advice for aspiring recreational athletes or elite athletes listening to the podcast as we're like going into 2021 and I know you're still you're a runner you know what are what are some advice you might give someone like for running okay uh, yeah for running I'll, I'll focus really more on the the person trying to begin to run yes. uh, the elite people are way above me so yeah forget there's it. probably yeah. nothing I, mean, I could let's tell not talk about the elites like what advice <laughs> yes. would you give for an aspiring yeah. or recreational yeah. runner I, I think, uh, like you say, running is the least expensive exercise you can do, uh, running or walking. Right. Uh, you use the same footwear, apparel, to you can run for both. But uh, the way I started running was I decided that this is, I was living, as I said, in Boulder, Colorado. I was inspired by all these people running the Boulder, Boulder. But what I what I learned pretty quickly was if you start too fast, you're going to stop, stop. Yeah. And so, so I did that once and I went out and said, okay, I can run a mile and I about died. Okay. And so <laughs> I said, I thought, I'm not going to do this. This isn't yeah. fun, you know, yeah. and running's not fun for everybody. So it's, it's not for everybody, but the way I started was I went out and I ran a block and then I walked two blocks and I'd run a block and I run two blocks. And when I run, I would not try to run fast. I would just, it'd be, it was more than a fast walk, but it was, it was, uh, it was a slow run. And to me, whether you're running a 15 minute mile or a four minute mile, you're running. Uh, there's no such thing to me as a jogger. And so I would suggest doing that one block and then two blocks off and one block. And then after a couple of weeks, then run a block and a half and walk two blocks. And right. what you do is eventually you build it up to the point where it's always it's to the point where you want to go. But I think what they have to remember also is not every day you go out and run is great. I mean, right. there, there are days you go out and run and it's like, this sucks. You know, even though, you know, you've run a thousand miles that year, it's just, but what you do is a lot of times though, on those runs after a mile or two, it opens up yes. and you feel much better. Um, but it's a, it, to me, it's as much a take it slow, B keep your stride short by shorter strides. You're putting less uh, impact on your knees and your body and just enjoy yourself. Start think of something. Uh, some people wear the headphones. Uh, I don't do that, but some people do and it works well for them. I just like to take that time to think about problems I have that I want to solve or about 
things that that have brightened my day. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe it's your grandchild and how much you played with them the day before or, uh, you know, so take that time not to think about running, yeah. but think about things that you want to motivate you or you want to work through. And that's where running, that's where running, have running involved for me. Yeah. That's, I love, I mean, that's why I run to think things out and I do listen to really loud music. <laughs> So I love it. It's like, I don't go to nightclubs anymore. Now I just like put my headphones on and I put on some like (laughs) dance music and I go out for a run. I actually was running the other day. I was running and I said, I'm only going to do six miles, which is like, you know, it's like a mile for some people, right? Like it's nothing for me. Six miles is nothing. And, but it is not nothing now, just to be clear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It is like starting over. And I was, I have like a, I'm like on autopilot when I run. So I'm running and I hit my three mile mark and I was supposed to turn around. And I, I ended up like five miles where, and I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot. I was supposed to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had to run <laughs> back and it was not fun. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do. I do totally. I, I was like, okay, I'm okay. I'm going to get this. Like when I, when I had that moment and I ran home and it was fine. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, running is awesome, is an awesome thing to do, especially if you don't go to the gym and you're kind of looking to get started with your fitness. So, yeah. um, well, this has been really, really awesome. Uh, thank you for all your great advice. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that I should ask you about? Probably not a whole lot. Just the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people that we have that run in our shoes came from people that were injured. Uh, and it's not the shoe that injures somebody. It's really the form. Uh, shoe can help enhance something one way or the other. But uh, I think what uh, what we would suggest to everyone is that, uh, you know, take your time. Uh, think about what's great in your life or what you need to work through. Uh, and when you get an injury, most injuries come from trying to run or do something too fast right you want to you want to train for a race and so you're going to go out there and i i got to do this you know and it comes from overtraining and so just slow down enjoy running it's it's the most relaxing type of exercise you can do and many many people i think it's 60 percent of the people run alone yeah and it's uh, you know and so for some people, there's a group they want to be in. But for most people, it's like, I just want to be by myself and work through the things that are going on in my life. And yeah. on top of that, stay fit and, you know, keep a pound or two off and so forth. So and are, uh, you still, yeah. are you still running? Are you like, what's you? what are you running these days? Yeah, I'm still running. Uh, the uh, I, I try to run every day and. Uh, my mileage isn't what it was before. I mean, I used to run like 70 miles a week. Uh, and uh, now I'm down to maybe uh, 30 miles a week. Oh, that's so still about really five good. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's still good. It's, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate that I've only had one running injury in my life. Not and it was before yeah. I got into Newton. So, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, but I'm not. A real fast runner and so i think a lot of people just push the speed too much yeah and just accept running for what it is and where you are and if you want to run then 
go to our website and learn about running or go to other people's website and learn about running. But running is really one of those things you can just put on your shoes, go out the door. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, this has uh, been, this has been super great. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me and uh, hope that our paths will cross. Thanks again for tuning into Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.